Greetings. You're watching the online ministry of Inverell Anglican Church. Uh, my name's Adam Draycott and welcome. This has been prepared for the 22nd of August 2021. Our sentence of scripture comes from Psalm 86. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer us. Save your servants who trust in you. Be gracious to us, O Lord, for to you do we cry all the day long. One way we cry out to the Lord is through prayer. So please join me as we open in prayer. Lord God, you know us to be set in the midst of so many great dangers that by reason of the frailty of our nature, we cannot always stand upright. Grant us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. We pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Well, to testify to the faith that we share with millions of Christians uh, around the world, uh, will you please join with me uh, in the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. We come to the ministry of God's word. Our Bible readings today come from Isaiah 52, verses 4 to 10, Psalm 19, uh, Romans chapter 10, and Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 37. Those Bible readings are on the description to this video if you're watching on YouTube. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you that we can meet in some capacity, albeit online. And uh, we pray that you bless this time as we open up Romans chapter 10. Please teach us, grow us in Christ, um, be at work by your spirit, uh, that you would be glorified most of all. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. The other week, I stubbed my toe. Uh, I was getting out of the shower and, man, it hurt, right? Stubbing your toe really hurts. And when you stub your toe, you hop, don't you? You hop and you, maybe you, like me, you, you're you going, ow, ow, ow. And the whole house seems to know, but of course, nobody's calling an ambulance, are they? No, I've just stubbed my toe. I'm crippled for crying out loud. But anyway, add to the pain of stubbing your toe is humiliation and embarrassment. Uh, Romans chapter 10 is the story of the most significant toe stubbing ever. But it's not the only thing that happens with feet in this chapter, and we'll come back to that in a minute. But we're going to pick it up at chapter 9, verse 32. It says that Israel stumbled. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Now, this is uh, foreshadowed in Isaiah chapter 8 and chapter 28. The Apostle Paul is saying, hey, Israel, that was, which is spoken of long ago, that's you. Why? How? Because, well, it's about righteousness. Look at chapter 9. In verses 30 to 33, Paul's going to experience, he, he's going to talk about righteousness and as he talks about righteousness, he's going to compare the pair. He's not talking about superannuation. He's talking about righteousness. What pair? The Gentiles and Israel. But see Israel's two mistakes as we read this. Pick it up at chapter 9, verse 30. What do we say? That the Gentiles, who did not pursue righteousness, have obtained it. A righteousness that is by faith. But the people of Israel, 
who pursued the law as a way of righteousness, have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it, not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, I lay a, uh, see, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall. The one who believes in me, in him will never be put to shame. Israel looked for righteousness in the wrong place. They looked for it in the law. That was their first mistake. And what was their second? They stumbled over a stone. And so Israel did not attain their goal. Chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. This reads like the beginning of chapter 9 last week. Uh, verse 2. For I can testify about them, that's Israel, that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Ouch! So you can be as zealous as you like, you can be even sincere as you like, but if it's not based on knowledge, then what's it for? It's just ignorance. Now what didn't they know? Verse 3, since they did not know the righteousness of God. That's what they didn't know. Read that again. They did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own. And so they did not uh, submit to God's righteousness. Now that's devastating. It's a devastating critique, isn't it? And what is this righteousness from God that they did not submit to? Or, or rather, who? Well, verse 4, you know the answer already. It's Christ. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Israel stumbled over Christ. Israel did not recognize Christ as the fulfillment, the culmination of the law. Christ, he embodies, he is the very righteousness of God. He did what we can never do. That is, he is and he has the very righteousness, that right standing that all of us need, no matter who we are. And Israel did not want to come at that. Israel did not want to come at that. So pick it up at verse 5. Moses writes about this righteousness that is by the law. See, not new or innovative. The person who does these things will live by them. Thing is, Israel didn't live by them. That's the problem. Try as they might. They did not keep the law. They're lawbreakers. And the righteousness that is by faith, verse 6, in Jesus, they rejected that. Which means they're not right with God, they're wrong with God. See very clearly, there are two paths for your feet. And Israel took the wrong path. In terms of our relationship with God, in terms of our relationship with God, there's an alternative to trying hard at being good and even being your best and thinking that somehow we can garner God's favour. Stop doing that. There's an alternative to you and your idea and your invention of righteousness. 
of what makes you acceptable to God. There's an alternative to falling over and stubbing your toe and experiencing pain and agony. Everybody has all these strange ideas of what makes a person acceptable to God. It's quite bewildering and creative. Incredible, the imagination of people. But can I say all of that stands opposed to this other path, this other alternative. The alternative is the one who bore our pain and agony at Calvary. The alternative is God's righteousness revealed. Jesus, the righteous, who died for the unrighteous to bring us to God. And because true righteousness comes through faith in Christ, there's now a righteousness for all who believe. This is how we can be right with God. It's not the means of your imagination. That somehow there's a little bit of good in me, so I'm going to be all right. No, that's not the answer. The answer is come to Jesus. Come to the cross. Give your life to him. Verse 6 speaks more about this faith. Pick it up. Uh, Come with me. Uh, But the righteousness that is by faith says, so here's the alternative. gets a bit strange. See verse 6. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, Or verse 7, who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. That sounds really weird. What's that about? Uh, Paul is quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Uh, If you pick it up in verse 12, you can see there, uh, the idea is uh, the law came from up in heaven and redemption came from the depths of of the Red Sea, didn't it? In the Exodus. And Paul is saying, you don't need to climb the steps to heaven to get it for Christ to come, for Christ has come down. And you don't need to plumb the lowest depths for Christ has come up. God has brought his salvation. He's done both. God has brought his salvation nearing Christ. And so here is an invitation of salvation. This is an offer from God And it's not accessible, it's not transcendent or far away or mystic or out of reach because it's up in heaven or deep down below or anything like that. God is not watching us from a distance. Uh, That's bogus. No. Read Romans chapter 10. God has come near. God is not at a distance. He's not far away and remote. God has drawn near. This is simple. This is easy. Romans 10 is telling us here in this passage that Jesus and the gospel and this right standing that we need is not beyond anyone's reach. It is simple and easy and accessible. God is near. See that it's all his provision. And so what the law demands, the Lord supplies. The law demands righteousness. All fall short, me and you. Yet God in his love provides. The righteousness we all need, we get it from Jesus. That's all of God's grace. Of course, having faith in Jesus then means a particular conviction. Uh, Verse 8, we'll pick it up at. What does it say? See, the word is near you. This is Deuteronomy again. 
It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That, that is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. See where you believe. Hear in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. That means you are saved. It's fruit. It's always been a matter of the heart, your relationship with God. Nothing new here. Nothing innovative. True back in the days of Deuteronomy and Moses. True here in Romans chapter 10. Notice the particular conviction is Jesus, that God has raised him from the dead. And so what the heart believes, the heart, what the heart believes, the mouth confesses. What is it? That Jesus is indeed Lord, that he's risen from the dead. Verse 11. As the scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. See, God has one way of putting people right with him. Uh, verse 12, for there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Hear this. You can be a leader of the Taliban in Afghanistan. And if that leader was to bow down and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord of all, believing in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, they would be saved. That's the promise. Unbelievable. But let's bring that closer to home. What about someone like mm, Kyle Sanderlands? If you know him, he's, uh, he's what they call a, uh, a shock jock. He's on the radio. Um... If he were to bow down and confess with his mouth that Jesus is Lord of all and he believes it in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, even he would be saved. I know, it's incredible. God's grace is like that. But it's any name, do you see that? Any name fits into this profound promise. Now, we can pause for a moment and go, why is the resurrection from such a big deal in verse 9? Why is it so important? That God raised Jesus from the dead? Well, without the resurrection, unless there's a resurrection, unless Jesus is raised, we're still dead in our sins. He's still dead. He's still, he hasn't finished paying for them. That can't be. No, we've got the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we've got no forgiveness. Without the resurrection, death hasn't been conquered. It still holds sway. We've got no hope of being raised at the end of all things. Without the resurrection, what assurance of, do you have of peace with God? None. You can have none. Without the resurrection, we are hopelessly lost. Without the resurrection, there's no promise of new life or eternal life. How can there be? Without Jesus going up, why well, would the Spirit come down and fill his church? Without the resurrection, we might as well pack up our bags, go home. Maybe climb back into bed or go back to wherever you came from. I don't know. What would be the point of it all? But the resurrection is an ultimate demonstration that Jesus is Lord. And because Jesus is Lord, the Christian believes it in their heart and they call it out. That Jesus is risen. He's alive. He is Lord today and tomorrow and every other day. He is the Lord of life. And because that is true, he is the Lord of me. So there's another question. Is Jesus Lord of your life? 
Is he the Lord of your life? Or are you the boss? Do you think you know better? Like Israel, maybe you think you know different. And so you just make it up as you go. If you're the boss, how does it end? Tell me that. If you're the boss of you, where does it end? Well, there's an alternative to kicking a rock, I've got to say, and stumbling, because that's where it ends. Uh, there's, it's possible that uh, there's no foot injury here. Uh, see the conviction of the heart, evidenced by the contents of one's mouth. Now, look, look where we go in verse 14. Stay with me. Come with me into verse 14 and see what Paul writes here. This is great. You with me? Good. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Not injured feet. <laughs> beautiful feet. Now, here's an important question. Who's they in these verses? Pause, think. Who is Paul writing about when he says they, 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 they? Well, they, in the context of Romans chapters 9, 10 and 11, has got to be stumbling Israel. They're the ones in the place of unbelief, aren't they? And this is Paul's concern. And so questions, did they not hear? Verse 16, not all the Israelites accepted this good news. That's what it says. Uh, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Even Isaiah is saying that. Verse 17, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about who? It's about Christ. They, do you see it? They've opened up the word. They've heard the word. And they, who did they miss? They miss Christ. Actually, they didn't miss Christ. They, they kicked their big toe on him. They stumbled on account of him. They didn't like the idea of Jesus. And so, as the Apostle Peter would say in Acts, they killed him. See, verse 18. Did they not hear? Of course they did. That's what it says. That's not me saying that. That's what verse 18 says. Of course they did. Verse 19. Uh, again, I ask, did Israel not understand? <laughs> Moses goes on to say it's the other nations that didn't actually understand. And how did that work out? It was the other nations that didn't understand. And how does that work out? Well, verse 20, Isaiah says, the other nations found him. They weren't even looking. I mean, did Israel not seek God? Let me say it again. The other nations found him and they weren't even looking. I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. He's talking about the Gentiles. Verse 21. But concerning Israel, see the tragedy of verse 21. All day long, I've held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. And that's a tragedy. What does this have to do with us? 
Maybe chapter 10 is a warning. Maybe the Roman church was running the danger of being like the Jews. They run the danger of not embracing Jesus and this salvation that comes through him. And that still happens today. That's not unique to, the, to, the, to Israel, is it? And maybe they run the danger of not embracing everything their saviour Jesus has done. Maybe they're frightened. Don't know, the disciples are frightened, weren't they, at first? Maybe they have trouble letting go of the old. Maybe for the Roman church, the problem is the scope of the promise. Yeah, well, why, why would that be a problem? Look at verse 12, think about it. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all who richly bless, uh, who he richly and richly blesses all who call on him. Maybe they don't like the idea of this God who is for all people. The God who appears physically to prostitutes and tax collectors and the poor and the destitute and the blind and the disabled. Ring any bells? A God who turns up for the Gentiles of all people, Gentile dogs, so to speak. But equally, as Paul says, they, 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 it's not illegitimate to say that these questions apply to all believers. There's a principle here that applies to everybody. Because the world needs Jesus. Whether they're a Jew or a Gentile, every unbeliever, every person not connected to God through Christ needs him. It shows us here in chapter 10 that God's plan has always been for the nations. That he reveals himself to those who didn't even ask for him, verse 20. And that's us, by the way, uh, the Gentiles. So how does God's name go out to unbelieving Jews and unbelieving Gentiles then? Well, through beautiful feet. Verses 14 to 15. We see Paul roll the film backwards. See if you can follow it again. We start with the win. Yay! The mouth. Someone confesses Jesus. And because they believe, belief is a heart thing, right? Verse 9. And what follows believing? What, what follows believing in verse 14? Can you see it? It's hearing. And what follows hearing? Preaching. And what follows preaching? Someone is sent. It's sending. And this is where it starts. Beautiful feet. Beautiful feet that bear the gospel, the good news of Jesus. They take it to the nations. And it ends with someone else confessing, uh, hearing and believing and confessing that Jesus is Lord. And so who is going to tell the world? Who's going to tell the nations? Who's going to tell your neighbours or your work colleagues? Who are people going to hear the gospel from? Who told you? Who shared the gospel of Jesus with you? Because someone told you. Someone told you, surely. Someone with beautiful feet spoke and you heard and in your heart you believed and now you confess, don't you? Maybe you remember a particular time when the gospel came to your ears in a fresh way like you'd never heard before and your life was changed forever. Do you remember that? It's life-changing. 
And if someone told you, and and today's a good good day to be giving thanks for that person, but if someone told you, who are you then going to tell? Because people need to be sent to speak so that people can hear the gospel. And having heard the gospel, they believe it in their heart. And having believed it in their heart, what do they do? They oh, they speak, don't they? They confess that Jesus is Lord. And they it's like we come full circle, isn't it? Beautiful feet is what we're on about. We don't stumble over Jesus. We're the people with beautiful feet. And so we go and proclaim the good news such that people hear it, believe in their heart, and they can't help but speak either. And when someone else hears it, and then someone else hears it, and on it goes. Why are they beautiful feet? I think this is a picture here of someone bearing a message, and the recipient is so grateful, they bow down in gratitude and thanks, and they're at the feet. They bow in such a way that even the messenger's feet look good, such as the beauty of the message they carry. I mean, feet are typically ugly, aren't they? But not here. And so hear the encouragement. Step out with your feet. Don't keep your feet stuck under the pew. Uh, or certainly don't take your feet in a different direction. No. Beautiful feet point people to Jesus. And Jesus liked beautiful feet, didn't he? So much that he washed his disciples' feet in John 13. And what did he tell his disciples to do? He told his disciples at the end of Matthew's Gospel to go out and make disciples, preach the good news. And now we can look forward to the end of history when people from all nations will bow down to the majesty of Jesus and we will worship at his feet. Amen. Well, we come into a time of prayer and there's lots to pray about. Uh, so whether you're on your own or in a household group, uh, this is the time to spend uh, praying together. Um, pray through the preaching passage we've just heard uh, from Romans 10. Uh, pray about Afghanistan and that unfolding uh, disaster that's happening there. Uh, pray for Adam Marshall uh, and uh, the voluntary assisted dying bill that's coming up before the New South Wales Parliament. Um, pray for the COVID situation. There is so much to be praying for there. I pray for our Bishop uh, and the Dean of the Cathedral uh, in Armadale uh, and also for missions, uh, so much that we can be praying for, uh, for the Newmans, the Applebys, uh, for CMS, BCA, Compassion, uh, Open Doors and the Bible Society. Uh, so press pause now and spend some time praying together. i uh -huh.
for our St. Augustine's mob. Hello, church family. Um, I wish I could see you, but it's good to be seen, I guess. Uh, and it's good for us to be together in this way. Uh, COVID is doing its thing. Uh, church is a week-to-week prospect. We'll keep offering online ministry to you. Uh, it seems like uh, church is certainly not happening on the 22nd, and I don't think we're going to be open on the 28th either which would normally be our fifth Sunday. So we'll keep going with our series in Romans. Um, That's the state of play at the moment. Uh, Remember our program for the week, uh, prayer meeting over Zoom on Tuesday morning. If you want to participate, you need to let me know and I'll send you an invite. Uh, The more the merrier. And we're praying for all sorts of things, Afghanistan, uh, COVID, uh, the the euthanasia bill that they're calling something else, Um, the dean of our cathedral, our bishop, um, those that make decisions that impact us, um, our church family, keep praying for one another. Find a way to connect. I I think that's my encouragement. Zoom doesn't work for everybody. I get that. Uh, Nonetheless, it's a tool that we can make the most of. So thank you to those that have been participating. That's Tuesday morning prayer meeting. And if Zoom's too hard for you, then uh, have a concerted time of prayer, 10 o'clock, pray when we're praying. That'd be a great encouragement. Uh, Thursday morning, there's also a Bible study. It's a new Bible study. It happens over Zoom. Uh, There were four of us on Thursday. There's lots of spaces. Come along, we read God's Word. Uh, It was a great time last week, and we're going to do it again this week. Our Monday night men's Bible study continues to meet over Zoom. And that's, again, another great way to be encouraged. So if you're already part of that group, you beauty, Romans 11, bring it on. The Vicar's Challenge. I'm so encouraged by those that have taken that on board. Uh, The challenge has many shapes. I've written it down elsewhere, and I'll try and remember it. (laughs) But it's basically this. Read the preaching passage for the week every day that's part one the other part is call somebody uh, different each day one person uh, and pray with them Uh, talk to them about the preaching passage from the other week so for this week it'll be reflecting on Romans chapter 10 and the the sermon we just heard Um, uh, share prayer points pray over the phone Again, a bit weird, but it's a possibility and uh, it's a great way to connect and it's, again, making the best of a bad situation. 
So let's stay connected. Let's look out for one another. Let's stay in contact. Even though none of this is our choosing, we have opportunities and I want to encourage you to find a way and to make the most of those opportunities. We can still pick up the phone and call people. So the Vicar's Challenge again this week, it's uh, read Romans at 11 through every day and call someone different every day and uh, pray with them and reflect on the sermon and share prayer points and basically look out for one another. Now, if you're not connected to YouTube or, or Facebook or uh, anything else like that, um, know that we're preparing bundles that can be picked up from the church letterbox on a Friday afternoon after 1pm. Uh, we're fairly confident that we we know where everyone's at, which is kind of amazing. There's, there's really nobody that we've got question marks about in terms of contact and in terms of where are they, how are they, are they can they YouTube, can they, anyway. We've answered the questions with just about every with everybody really, and uh, we're thankful to God to that. We've been through this before. We know what we need to do. So keep praying, keep looking out for each other, stay safe, please, and we'll see you on the other side. Oh, let me close our time together with a blessing from Jude. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.